Hey. Yes, to both of us. <laughs> Caesar, how you doing, my man? I see you in the comments there. Yes, smile, smile, smile. It's funny because when Jen first sat down, the ring light uh, right in front of her was just perfectly over her eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two big white circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going, Jen? Not too bad. How are you doing, Gary? I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> You're in our studio in Aurora. That's pretty awesome. Really mm -hmm. exciting. It's, it's pretty cool because over the last couple of days, Jen, uh, I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, a couple of agents about coming to KW. And yeah. um, we showed them the studio, like virtually. It was so cool. So very cool. That's awesome. I bet they probably were pretty pumped about it. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got lots in store for today. Um, one of the things that we're going to be talking about that I did on a live stream last week was a market snapshot and uh, thought it was pretty important to kind of go through some of those numbers again and, and perhaps look at things a little bit differently. And that, Jen, um, that'll lead us into another conversation about when is the best time to list a home or to, to put your home up for sale, right? We, and and yep. there's many, many... Rhymes of reason of why today versus tomorrow is better or vice versa, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of different answers to that question, right? So the, the key is knowing which one to give and, and what questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we roll the intro, I'll leave it like this. Open houses are coming back. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, open houses are coming back. We'll talk about that as well. And um, what's been going on, Jen? You took a week off, but let me ask you a question. The million dollar question. Were you able to like relax a little bit or what, what happened? Um, well, yes and no. I did. I did relax a little. I did have a couple of days where I actually didn't work. I, uh, I also sold a house and did some coaching and, <laughs> you know, talked to a couple of new agents about joining KW, but Aside from that, yes, I, uh, aside from those things, yes, I did relax. <laughs> Perfect. So all, yeah. all in a, all in a week's work, you might say. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I was uh, saying, um, to one of my coaching girls earlier that, uh, it was actually, it, the break was just a mental break. Like it was just a break from having scheduled obligations. Right. So even though I was doing some work, I wasn't like, scheduled it was within my own except for the offer that kind of had to be dealt with in a timely fashion but everything else i could kind of do at my own pace so i felt it was still a break like mentally even though i was still doing some work right sometimes that's all you need so yeah 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 just like a day or two to do home stuff or life stuff hang out with your little girl brooke or do whatever right wait yeah here's here's the best question and i don't know this answer did she go to daycare while you were off Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes. <laughs> well played. Yeah. yeah. You were learning this mom thing really fast. <laughs> yeah. I picked her up early on Friday. We went to the zoo. But other than that, she cool. was in all week. So, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So we got lots of stuff, as I said, uh, going on here. And this is um, this is an open conversation that Jen and I uh, really have every week. And uh, we got a handful of people watching online with us. So feel free to, you know, drop a comment and, and ask us questions along the way. You know, Jen and I, we, we're happy to interact with everyone. 
And uh, I know Caesar and Ajim has been watching with us. So uh, how do you? And uh, the first, let's get into the first one, Jen. And um, remember, way long ago, uh, we came up with something called the market mashup. So we're gonna we're gonna call it that. That's just what we're calling the segment. How about that? I love it. I forgot about that. I like you brought it back. Nice. I know we brought it back, <laughs> bringing it back. That's yes. it. Okay, that sound effect. Do you, ever, do you ever listen? Like when you go to the back to the UK or wherever, um, they also they all they always have like crazy sound effects like that on the radio. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that went there. <laughs> I feel like call in to win right now. Um, anyways, KWC TV. That's right. We should do something like that. That would be fun. We yeah, will do something like that. Let me do a fall giveaway or something. I like it. I like it. Like mm-hmm. a. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something good. Figure we'll come it out. up with something yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll do like a listing, a listing giveaway or a listing package giveaway, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe I got an idea. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay, this is this is the cool part because this is when Jen and I just kind of dream up new ideas, and then um, we tell Stephanie, who takes care of the finances at our brokers, "Hey, we got a new thing we're doing." <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll. We'll host we'll host some sort of competition or or game show in the fall, and uh, what we'll do, Jen. I think the grand prize should be some sort of value dollar value for our Facebook leads or Facebook ads through command and 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 things like that. And maybe we'll get Mike and Dylan to show people how to. Maybe we get Mike and Dylan. You're saying yes. I'm saying yes because they're not here uh, to I run know. the <laughs> ad campaign for them. They'll build it. They'll show them how to do it. I like where this idea is going. Uh-huh. What do you think? I like that. I like that. So all they have to do is get the leads and call them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, okay. Good. Mike and Dylan, they're awesome at it. We'll have them log into their command with them and they'll yes. set it up with the follow-up campaign. And uh, I like where this is going. So our work Sorry. here is done. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. That's all we need to do. <laughs> Our work here is done. If, and if you're watching and you're not familiar with uh, KW Command, uh, drop Jen and I a message. We're happy to share that with you. And it's it's uh, the command system is our CRM in a sense. And uh, because we are the only real estate brokers in the world where both Facebook and Google have partnered with us, that means we get preferred advertisement pricing on their system and placement. So uh, it's a very valuable tool. Jen, this has gone into a totally segue, and that's the best thing about really, this. Yeah, we, really we, we, we hijacked our own our own show. I was I was on a call yesterday with uh, with Mike Russo, and he was sharing with uh, with an agent from another company. He generated um, Facebook leads at eighty six cents or eighty seven cents a lead, and you would know better than anybody because you coach him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. now closing on one of those leads with a twelve thousand dollar commission. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think he got I think he got twelve or thirteen leads, converted one took them out. They bought a condo. Condo is now closing all over the span of two and a half months, maybe. Yeah. 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 It was was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And and people will say it doesn't work. Here's why it doesn't work is because you're not taking the effort to try it. Right. And, and we can see the stats from our side of, of who's using it and what have you. And, uh, people like Mike and others that are using it are, are seeing the rewards from it. Right. Yeah. The results are there. If you listen to 
any of the groups that use them um, at a high level, like Josh Bickle was always great with that. And Amarin does it at a high level too. Mike does it, you know, a couple of the teams in the brokerage do it. And they always, they always have results, whether it's just leads to nurture or it's now business, it's still something that's getting added to their database, right? And eventually it does convert, but most people try it, do it once, don't get results and say, well, it doesn't work or they don't follow up and then say, well, it doesn't work, right? And yeah. they're, they're kind of missing the important steps. Absolutely. I, I, I have a question for our audience that's watching right now. If you're watching and if you would like to generate and learn how to generate more leads, drop a yes in the comments because uh, we can we can certainly um, make that happen. And it's it's important, right? I, I don't know of any other business that has the tools that we do. It's so, um, you know, that's something that we can certainly work on for sure. So very good. Okay. What do you think, Jen? Market mashup? Should we kind of like go and talk about yes, sir, or far and saying yes, sir? We'll get, we'll teach you how to generate leads and we'll show you how to do it far and absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we should get to our topic gear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know, but everyone's saying yes. So, so we yes. can sit on this. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's saying yes. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. That's good. That's good. We can, and that, that's something that if you're in Jen's pro uh, coaching program, which I know a number of those people were that we just put up there, uh, you'll yeah. have access to that. And, and, and certainly, and uh, one of the neat things too, Jen, um, one of the things I did last week was do a live, we did this live, the market mashup in a sense that we're going to look at now where mm -hmm. I logged into our, our Treb system and you may have saw the video parts of it. I didn't even know the numbers going in. I, I kind of learned along the side of the people that were watching. And one of the neat things to come out of it was maybe we should do like a live CMA one day. So yeah. the audience can give us an address, preferably it's your own or, or what have you, or maybe one that you're working on. And, and maybe you and I can just go do a live CMA and kind of pull some stats in and pull some numbers. And I think that'd be kind of fun. I'd be down to do it. I'd also right. be interesting because we probably do them differently. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see the different approaches, right? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I put together, <laughs> you know me and stats. I pulled some numbers and put it put it on a couple of slides. And uh, if we want to go deeper on stuff, you let me know. We can log into our system. But I got some numbers um, that I think are going to be, you know, very enlightening. And um, it'll start you on the right path of having the conversation of, um, you know, what to do with, uh, with giving, giving your, what am I trying to say? Getting the information to your clients. And, and what's most important, Jen is, is getting the right information to your clients. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the first, the first step we're going to, we're going to look at really two areas, one being the entire Toronto real estate board. And then secondly, being York region. And mm -hmm. I think, Jen, um, the information that we're pulling here today, you want to take that obviously a step or sometimes two steps farther, right? Wouldn't you say like York region is great, but if you're not sell, you're not, the homes are different in Stovo than they are, than they are in, in, um, Keswick area or Markham yeah. or Richmond Hill, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're pulling stats for a particular property for a listing presentation, or anything like that. I mean, you should be going micro, you should be going with even within that community, because, you know, even in, you know, Newmarket, Stonehaven stats aren't the same as Glenway Estates or Summerhill or Woodland. So you have to know those pockets specifically, and be able to speak to that pulling large general stats doesn't, doesn't tell us anything. It's just an overall picture of the market, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Very good. Okay, so here's where we're going first. Uh, we are going to go here first. So hopefully you can see that, Jen. This is of the entire Toronto Real Estate Board for the last three months. And as I like to look at, uh, I always like looking at stats at a, on a three-month kind of overview. And, and these are the units that have sold over the last number of months. So we go from basically 13,600 down to, we'll call it 12,000, down to just over 11,000. And okay, so if I just stop there, does that give you enough information, Jen, to carry on a story? Not really. I mean, you can, the only thing I can really say about that is that sales are decreasing. <laughs> and I happen to know that April was a record crazy high month. And so, you know, we could, it could look like a bigger decline than it is based on that specific increase. But I can't say much more than that at this point. Yeah. And, and I did that purposely. And, and I didn't mean to throw you on the spot there, but I did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's, it's important. So this is just one number, right? The mm -hmm. other number, the follow-up question is, well, and I, and I didn't post, and I didn't go grab those numbers, and I kind of did it specifically, I, is, well, how many units actually came to market? How mm -hmm. many new listings came to market? Right. Because perhaps only 12,000 or 13,000 homes came to market in the month of June. So in, in all reality, maybe that is a great number. Yeah. So that's, it's important to keep pulling numbers, right? And keep pulling uh, as much info as you can so you understand the entire story. Uh, mm -hmm. The next piece here that I always like looking at is, is the average price. And this is across all property types. So uh, from detached to little bachelor pad condos type thing, right? And, yeah. and you can kind of see the story a little bit. April was great. Uh, yeah. May was even better. And then we're down basically like how far different we're only off like 900 bucks. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. I can't read it. It's really small. <laughs> it's it's a million. We'll, we'll just call it a million. 89 is what the average price is in for a home in Toronto for the right. month of May. That's where we're sitting right now. But again, this is across all property types and across the entire Toronto real estate board. Mm -hmm. So uh, the point here, Jen, is we'll often see news articles or, or big um, national newspapers or news outlets and say, uh, real estate prices are down in Toronto. Yeah. And that'll be the headline, right? That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's all the content you're going to get. So are they right? Um, I mean, in theory, yeah, they're right. But is that an accurate representation of what that means for the market? No. Right. So even if you look at this, the number of sales was down in May, but the average price went up. So if your seller sold in May, they potentially made more money despite there being less sales. So if they had have not listed because sales are dropping, they might have missed on that out on that opportunity. Right. That that is an amazing interpretation of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's, let's look at York region because that's where most of the sales that our brokerage does. And mm -hmm. if you're outside of York region, um, give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you and walk you through uh, the numbers where you are. But in York region, so here's our units and, and strictly looking at units sold. And then we'll look at, at, um, 
at the average price. So kind of follows the same trend that Toronto did, obviously, right? Uh, basically yeah. 2447 down to 2188 and now just over 2000 units have sold across all property types. And and again, if you're if you're looking to provide some stats, some some online stats if you will to your sphere or to your clients, break it down. Go go city by city. Uh, New Market Aurora, uh, wherever you happen to be, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, the average here is really interesting. So it followed a little bit of what Toronto was doing, but our yeah. numbers here, Jen, are um, we'll call it one point a million two hundred eighty three thousand, almost one point three, and then back down to a million two hundred forty two thousand. We'll call it, yeah. and. Again, it's understanding the market and, and what does that mean? You know, again, this is, um, that says Toronto there. And I do, I, I, that is York region. These numbers should say York region uh, on the right-hand side for the average price. But um, Interesting too, that um, for May in York region, we didn't see quite the same increase in the price that Toronto saw, but we saw the same decrease if not more of a decrease come June, right? Yeah. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. These are all great. These are all great. But as I said earlier, Jen, um, it's good to know what came to market and what sold, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. and the months of the months of inventory because that's really what we talk about is the supply and the and the demand. And um, now let's look at that because this is for York region. So just over 4,000 homes came to market in the month of April, and we saw 2,447 homes sell. And you can see the months of inventory, 1.1, 1.2, 1.2 again. Yeah. And just as Jen said earlier, the months of inventory, sorry, let me rephrase that. The new inventory has gone down month after month. Yeah. And we're, we're starting to notice that in the market with more multiples showing up in certain pockets again, right? Um, on, on In areas or homes, you wouldn't have necessarily expected it where, you know, two, three weeks ago, that, that probably wouldn't have happened. And now we're starting to see it. So the, the decline in listings is starting to be reflected in our market as well, right? So you can see the trend coming, um, which is going to make for a very interesting fall market, I think. But uh if this is where we're headed, if we're going to see that decline again, but uh, yeah, it's because the number of sales aren't really declining, just the inventory is declining, right? Which shows, tells us that the demand still exists, but our inventory is, is dropping. So, you know, if the demand stays steady, then that's where we're headed back to that low inventory, high demand market. So <laughs> buckle up, <laughs> buckle up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because I was talking with a few agents uh, just yesterday and uh, one of the agents has a listing up in the Bradford area and um, they were not getting as much showings as they thought they would or uh, as much traction mm -hmm. as they thought they would. And one of our other agents had a listing in Brampton and they got three bully offers within the first couple of days. Yeah. Right? Well, I was telling you even that story yesterday about the house in, in uh, Newmarket, just at the edge of Newmarket in Aurora, you know, nice home issues with the lot and the location shouldn't have gotten bully offers, shouldn't have really in a month ago, it probably wouldn't have realistically. And it got three 
three offers and sold firm, right? And it wasn't a property where you would necessarily expect that. The listing agents didn't even expect it. We, we actually spoke to them and we had that conversation and they were kind of like, we don't really know what happened. It just, we got a ton of a flurry of activity and it just kind of popped off, right? And so it's interesting to see that, that we're starting to see that again, um, yeah. Where, yeah. where we had a bit of a cool down there for a minute. Yeah, what exactly. Felt like a cool down, <laughs> I like how you phrase that. We had a cool down there for about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 of course Caesar's experiencing this too. Long, you know, from the buy side, some longer offer presentation or longer, sorry, uh, longer offer periods. Meaning we're going to hold offers not for seven days, but maybe 10, 14 days, and yeah. and people will people will try some crazy things when it'll when they can, right? Yeah. And yeah. and. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, we only need to go through that once or twice, but really educating our clients on what could happen. Right. Yes. And, and that's, you know, sometimes a tough pill to swallow. Um, uh, but it's also, you know, it makes us better too. Right, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting. I've, I've noticed that as well. Like even the house that ended up with three bully offers, they were, uh, 14, 12 or 14, I think it was 12 days before their actual written offer date. So they had a much longer period of being on the market. They just happened to get multiples um, and preemptives, but just goes to show you that agents right now, some agents, let's say, don't really know what the right thing to do is, right? And I think that's why we're seeing this. They're not sure if they need to be on the market longer, need more exposure, um, if they're gonna get those bully offers or preemptives or what's gonna happen, right? And I think that's why that lack of confidence is showing up a little bit with, with knowing the market. You nailed it. I think it's the lack of confidence from um, agents not fully grasping the market, right? And I and I think as an agent, we should never feel that we have fully grasped the market. It's always reading and no. learning and, and asking questions, right? But um, yeah. and, and maybe perhaps the lack of confidence on on um, providing the information to your clients, right? Yeah. And, and that takes yeah. practice. That's a skill. That takes practice yeah. and, and it is a skill, right? Yeah, for sure. It does. So, yeah. And one of the things I love looking at, Jen, as you know, um, it's great to look at, you know, three month trends and, and see where the market has come from. So we can somewhat project where it's going to go. Uh, obviously mm -hmm. talking about, you know, become, you know, very, very specific to the street or the neighborhood that we're pulling CMA or pulling information on and getting stats on as well. But I always like looking at the big perspective. Mm -hmm. Where did we come from three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? Because that's what people often forget, right? If I yeah. sold in January or February, I could have made X. You could have. Yeah. But, but I always like asking and pulling the question back. You bought this home eight years ago. If I yeah. said to you eight years ago, we could sell for this price, what would you have said then? <laughs> I mean, the, the only answer to that is you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy. You're so crazy. I didn't get very, very specific here, but I did pull um, the, this is for all of Toronto Real Estate Board for the last 10 years, the average price in Toronto. And we go from 2011, this should say June 2011, from we'll call it 500,000 all the way up to a million eighty. So you more than doubled the value of that home. And if we yeah. pulled, I bet you, Jen, if we pulled just detached, it would be far be significant, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, what's so cool about this, though, Gary, is if you think about it from a big picture perspective, if you bought in 2011, no matter when you sold after that, you were up. You, there was never a loss, right? I mean, I know we had that dip in 2017 and some areas got hit much harder than others. And again, we go back to micro versus macro. But when we look at it on a macro scale, yeah, it's, it's so crazy to think we've had this trend of upward for so long. Well, it's interesting there because we did have that that boom 2015 2016 and and mm -hmm. parts of 2017 but when you look at the big picture there's no th again this is across all property types it'll be different if we get a little bit more specific yeah. but yeah. it doesn't look like some crazy number jumped off the screen there right like it's no. it's 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 a nice staircase gradual staircase Right. Yeah. 20, 2014 to 2015, it looks like it's the biggest jump. That's 618 to 775. And then 2016 and 2015 are pretty much lateral, which mm -hmm. is, I would have thought that would have looked a little different. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, it's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This yeah. is why we look at stats, everybody. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very yeah. good. Very good. Um, yeah. I always find that interesting to, to go through mm -hmm. some of the numbers like that and, uh, kind of get a picture of where we came from, um, from, you know, 10 years ago. And then of course, you know, over, just over the last few months and, and I love giving this type of information. I don't know about you, Jen, but when you sit down and you're doing a listing presentation, do you pull stats like this for say, if you're selling a home in, in Aurora, do you pull that type of stat for Aurora, for instance? Yeah. I, I don't think I go back the 10 years. I don't think I would do that big of a scale, but I'll definitely go back over the year over year growth for the past three to four years to just show um, the projections of each year, how, how much you've, they've gone up year over year to help kind of talk about their expectation and their profits, right. And, and be able to manage that a little bit better. So definitely always refer to stats uh, when we're in a presentation, especially when we're talking about the, their expectation of price more so than even our pricing strategy, but just getting their head around what to what they we think they're going to sell for, right? And making sure that they recognize that that's right now it, it's a win, really. And depending, I guess, on what they bought, but tr it is normally going to be a positive, right? So to try and stop them from going, well, might you know, what about this house down the street that sold for da 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 da? It's great to have the stats and say, look how much, look how well you've done over yeah. the past. You sell now that's fantastic, right? You're going to be up 32% or 46 or whatever that number is and have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, <laughs> that's something that, um, after, you know, if I'm doing a listen presentation and, and, and if we, as we talked about in the past, mine's, mine's broken up into two pieces. One is the marketing presentation, how we're going to sell your home. And then the mm -hmm. second is, this is the, the, the market analysis, right? And yep. before I even get into here, this is, these are the homes that we're going to compare your home to. We talk about the stats and we got to know, uh, we got to educate our, our, our clients and our, our buyers and sellers of what the market is currently doing. And, and we, yeah. I think we got to do that on a weekly basis uh, when we're in the market, right? For sure. Yeah, I think there's there's two two main well there's really three things but the two main things outside from lead generation that you should be doing weekly if not more often than that is looking at what's going on in the market and inspecting properties to understand the data properly right yeah. those are your two key things those two in lead gen 
you're if you do those three things you're good you're good you're good <laughs> cool 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 yeah. okay uh let's go to our next topic um as i said earlier um open houses what are we going to do with those jen what's an open house here <laughs> <laughs> Okay, open houses. So, um, mm -hmm. give us the lowdown. What's going on with with uh, Ontario, uh, the province of Ontario, Rico Trev? They are allowing us to have open houses. Yeah. So Rico um, has announced, and it's on their website. You can go check it out. That as of Friday, when stage three opens back up in Ontario, um, that we will be allowed to do open houses again, as per Rico and Trev. Now, each region in each pocket in each region is allowed to make their own decision regarding that. However, right now it looks like it's everyone is good to go. There are rules and regulations around how we do the open houses, though. So there are a couple of uh, of talking points. So, you know, I know there's a lot of debate online right now in some of the real estate groups, hacks and masterminds and all those about whether people are going to do even start doing open houses again when we can um, because it has been so long since we've done them and so there's some good debates there if you're interested in going for a read but basically what rico is telling us is that as of friday uh, when stage three is reopened and ontario is reopened we will be able to host open houses again with the consent obviously of our sellers um, you can have a maximum of up to 50 people in the home based on the regulations. Everyone has to be wearing masks. Everyone has to sign in with a name, a phone number, and potentially an email address for contact tracing. Um, and you know you should have more than one person there, ideally to manage the numbers. Um, they're recommending you take further pro um, protocols, such as having people actually book an appointment slot so that you can really control the in and out of the home and sanitize. But the expectation is that sounds like it'll be pretty standard open house with some contract tracing required as well as then your maximum of 50 people um which is a pretty busy open house if you get to 50 people right it's a pretty i was surprised by that number it was it, i thought it was pretty big everyone of course has to be wearing face coverings um of of some sorts it it, uh, it does state they don't need to be masks oddly enough you just your face has to be covered or your mouth has to be covered um and that you have to sanitize the home after and sanitize the keys and the lockbox and all of that sort of stuff before you exit the property. So, yeah, as far as I can tell, the, the rules aren't really that stringent other than the contact tracing, um, getting everyone to sign in. And, you know, you're not supposed to let someone in if they're not willing to sign in. You can go further and ask, have COVID protocol questions. Do you have a fever? Have you been near anybody? Have you left the country? All that sort of stuff, if you'd like. But again, it's not required. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. So first of all, yeah. um, this might be a unique opportunity to try different things as mm -hmm. an open house host, we'll call it, right? And, um, you know, for, for many, many years, I think open houses... Um, it's kind of like the sleeping, the sleeping giant, if you will, right? Everyone does it the same way. And maybe yeah. this is an opportunity to stand out from the crowd and do things a little bit differently. I know in the past, you know, Jen, I would host um, open house launches and, and things like that. And, and mm -hmm. maybe you can, you can um, call them something different, right? And, and have a little fun with it. Um, 
and and market it and and have some fun with the marketing is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. But certainly we are here. Our our first role as a realtor from the selling side is is to protect our client. So let's never yeah. forget about that, right? Even from the the health and safety aspect of it from this perspective and then and then of course you know who we are allowing into the home and that type of thing and that's that's never changed covid or pre-covid post-covid that has never right. ever changed right um yeah. yeah 50 people is a lot that that's a two or three person right? open house uh agent open house <laughs> that's what i was thinking i was like my goodness that's that's a lot of people that, like yeah. i would never have 50, you, you can't manage 50 people in no. a home at once it would be chaos yeah that's like a and, party and what I've, what I've seen in the past, and I've seen this out of the States, and I've actually done this um, in some of the properties where I hosted open houses, was not to have an open door policy. Uh, mm. let, let one buying group or two buying groups in at a time if you have multiple agents. And maybe that's the way to do it. If you have a really good hot listing, have two or three agents there with you, and, and you can take them on, on little home tours, that last five minutes, right? Maybe that's a cool way to do it because now all of a sudden you're you're creating relationships. And again, this is just kind of thinking outside the box. And and yeah. uh, what a cool! I think from a, a passerby perspective, if you got ten buying groups outside the home all lined up behind like a on a red carpet or or behind like a red stanchion. Now we're talking, Jen. This is the good stuff, right? <laughs> that's like what they how- do at clubs and stuff, right? That they make people wait outside so it looks busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, have some fun with it. There's there's no one saying that that's not allowed. In, in fact, I think Jen and I would say, go do something like that. Be different, right? Yeah, do, do anything different. Like, I, I love the idea even of taking advantage of running Facebook ads or something like that with a, a link to a, a registration page where you can sign up for a time slot and book your one-on-one appointment or, or have group, have waves, right? So from 10 to 10.30, and then from 1045, so you get a break in between or have two agents there and have people register, capture their lead information in advance of the actual open house, send them some content up front and then take them through the tour and build that relationship, right? It, that could be an interesting way to try and convert those leads a little bit more effectively as well. But the one thing that you shouldn't do is show up at 145, put a sign up outside and then sit on the couch. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't yeah. do that yeah. at all, right? Yeah. I used do to always, but- yeah, yeah, I used to always <laughs> make a joke, uh, especially in the winter when, you know, misses maybe three, four or five years ago on a mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon at two o'clock on Facebook, you knew it was open house time because every realtor was sitting there doing a live stream, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, if you absolutely. already know that at two o'clock on, on every Sunday or Saturday that every realtor is doing a live stream, don't do it at two o'clock, do it at one thirty, right. or do it at one o'clock, right? Do it at a different time. Be different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or do them in the evenings, do them Thursday night. Right. Do, or do like a, you know, we used to do like wine and cheese invitationals and things like that. And we always got great traction from those because they were different. And we spoke to the neighbors in advance and we would deliver invitations and we would call them and remind them. And there's a whole process to it, right? It's, it's a business model essentially. So um, yeah, be, have fun with it. This is the opportunity to make open houses, something completely different than what they used to be if you want to. Right. So get creative, use technology, right. Just do things different and obviously lead with safety, of course, first and foremost. Um, and you know, we're lucky that we have the, that form, our office form where we have our sellers initial and sign off for permission to do open houses anyway. So with that, that gives us that written documentation that we had permission from our sellers, which covers the RICO obligation. 
Um, if you don't have that, just make sure that they they sign something to say that they're giving you permission to host the open house and and all that, just so that you're protected just in case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. And and I believe if you're looking for an open house sign in online form, I'm pretty sure if you gave yourself you know, five minutes in command, you can create one like that. And then all of a sudden you have that forever, right? So you log, you walk in and you tell somebody to scan a barcode or to go to whatever website and it takes you right to your command landing page. Now you have their information in your follow-up system. How good is that? And yeah. I know when I was doing open houses, Jen, um, we used, um, this is before command, uh, we would use a system that would send them an email and a, and a text right away of yeah of the flyer for the home uh everything else all the information they need for the area and it, they were already in a follow-up campaign the moment they signed in for the open house right love that yeah so smart yeah you got to do stuff like that right and you got to follow up with the leads and, and the people that come through whether it's to see if they like the home or it's to see if you can help them you know don't just let them come through and then leave and, and have no follow-up plan so if it's automated because you're not going to do it, great. And if you're going to make the calls or whatever that looks like, then that's good too. But have a plan, right? I guess yeah. basics, the basics, yeah. right? Have some form of plan in place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One of the neat things that we did at, at uh, some of our um, listing launches, we would call them. And, and I know we've talked about this in the past. And I've often thought about how can we make this happen for all types of, of properties and um, one of the one of the things that we kind of stumbled upon was at this listing launch was a is a custom home, and one of the ways we thought we could have fun with it is to actually, of course, you might have to do things a little bit differently now uh, from a safety precaution. But we gave everybody that walked into the home, and there must have been about a hundred people over the weekend, because um, we, we we did it very specifically, uh, a clipboard with how they would rate each room. Oh, that's and, cool. And because we wanted feedback, right? Design elements. And we already had it all pre-printed. So all they had to do was check, 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 check and, and uh, like it or dislike it and like the color scheme and everything like that. But if you got like a really cool house that you're bringing to market and you want some instant feedback as opposed to like calling the agent and trying to drag information out of them for after a showing, <laughs> I think, I think that could be yeah. fun, right? Um, that, yeah. that could be a lot of fun. Maybe you'd build that right into the follow-up program or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could probably, if you have a drip campaign of any kind, you could probably create a, a monkey, sur survey monkey, monkey, survey, survey, monkey, survey. <laughs> any monkey could that's, do it. I think that's what you're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I just, between survey monkey and MailChimp, I just get confused. But um, I think it's, you could create a survey and then create that automated email with the survey link in it, right? And not everyone's going to fill it out, but at least you'll get some feedback. And that's just a very basic uh, version of what you were doing. I love, it'd be cool if you could figure out how to do that at every listing, right? Have them somehow have a automated report that they filled out or completed as they yeah. were at the home. That'd yeah. Cool. yeah. I, I sh we should have yeah. asked this question earlier, but as we go into our next segment, if, um, if you're watching along with us, uh, do you plan on hosting open houses? And again, you don't, right, Jen, you do not have to have a listing to host an open house. No. No, it's actually quite easy to find open houses. A lot of agents don't have the time to do them or don't want to do them. Um, so if you're looking, reach out to agents in the brokerage in the area that you like and see if they're open to it. And if even if they're doing a Saturday or a Sunday open house, 
you could ask if you could do one earlier in the day. You could ask if you could do one on a weeknight or, you know, a weekday right at like three from three to five when everyone's coming home from daycare and school and work and stuff like that. Be strategic about it. It doesn't have to be on Saturday at 2 p.m. for it to work, right? No, that's just when everyone else does it, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, anyways, if, if you're watching, I'd love to know if you're going to uh, be doing open houses in the future. And uh, again, it does not have to be yours. And I've known agents that have built and launched their real estate careers around open houses because they have a, they're great with people. Great. They can build great rapport. And more importantly, they have a great follow-up system to stay connected mm-hmm. with the, with the people they're meeting. Yeah, it's very effective. When I, when I started in real estate my first year, that was what I did. I didn't know any better, to be honest. I didn't know what I was doing or not doing. I don't think I had a good follow-up system by any means, but I would cover, I worked in an office where there was a lot of older agents and they didn't want to work on the weekends. So I would do all their open houses at their listings. And I, I think my first year I did 12 or 13 transactions and probably 10 of them came from just working open houses. So, um, you know, I just showed up and talked to people. That was all I did. <laughs> I um, like it. And that, I like it. Yeah. 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 So Caesar's, C- Caesar's ready to go. So let's, let's get you some listings and open houses, my friend. Let's make yeah, it happen. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Very, very good. Yeah. And yeah. And Keith has a great, great uh, point here. I'll do open houses if the property is vacant and if the seller requests them. Absolutely. Actually, those are my favorite ones to do, Keith. That The, the scenario I just gave um, where we uh, did that listing launch with a custom uh, home, that was vacant. It was staged. So we could get in there at 10 a.m. to get all the food and everything prepped. Of course, you're going to do things a little bit differently now, but absolutely. Yeah. And again, this will be something as we will learn how to do this a little bit differently over the next several months because of the different safety precautions. So uh, use yeah. this time to, you know, try things out, do things a little bit differently. And of course, um, keep keep safety at the forefront. And, um, and, and not only will you be able to serve your clients well, but you'll be able to protect you uh, as, as well, which is just as important. So yeah, good. Thanks for watching, Keith. Absolutely. Okay, uh, what's next? Wow, I just heard some great thunder outside. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) uh, What's next? Uh, Here we go. Um, When is the best time to list your home, Jen? (laughs) Let me fix uh, fix you up here. There we go. I keep shrinking every time we come back. (laughs) I know, I know. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, When to sell. And you had a great question and I thought about it the other day and I think there's, I, the, you asked me a question and the, my, my instinct was to ask a thousand questions back. Right. Right. So what was that question? So the question uh, that I asked you was, should I sell now in the summer market or should we wait until the fall to sell? Yeah. And I, I just kind of sat there. I was quiet for a moment. This was just yesterday, right? And uh, yeah. I'm like, well, I kind of got about a thousand questions to ask. <laughs> and what right. should be the first question? And you and I both landed on this at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you want to find out is what's their motivation for selling? Why do they want to sell or why do they need to sell? Right. That's you have you got to start there because you can't really give them good guidance if you don't know the answer to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And every, of course, everyone's going to have a slightly different motivation. And let me throw this, because we said we can kind of role play a little bit live here and have some fun mm -hmm. with it. And, and, you know, perhaps what we're seeing more and more of these days is, well, I'm just looking for top dollar. Right. So what do we say to that, Jen? Well, I think if someone said that to me right now, what I'd say is, well, let me show you the stats. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a look at these numbers and look at what's been happening over the past few years. And what I can tell you right now, Mr. And Mr. Seller, is that at this current time, this is what your home should sell for in or around based on the recent comparable sales. I don't know what's going to happen throughout the month of August or into September. And there's a lot of external factors that can impact the market. So if you want to sell for top dollar, the only top dollar that I can show you at this point is the one you're going to get by listing today. Wow. There you go. That's a well-rehearsed script. But it doesn't sound like a script, right, Jen? Because you've been you know, personalize it, internalize it. And you just say, you just know what to say. And, yeah. and I remember I did a video series uh, a couple of years ago, actually back in 2017, when the market, you know, peaked and then started dipping and then it started coming back up. So it was on the back up and yeah. um, the video series that I put out and it was from the buyer's perspective. So I know we're talking about selling, but this was from the buyer's perspective. I said, um, if you were waiting for the rock bottom, you just lost out on $90,000 right. because that's how much the market had moved back over those three months. And because right. we had clients that kept saying to us, no, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting for the rock bottom. It's the same can be said for, for the other way. Right. And, yeah. and we actually had a fun, fun video series. I, I did a whole market report, how the bottom was in June. It was now into October and we, we listed all the things you could buy. Actually, I think it was 60. It wasn't, it wasn't 90, all the things you could buy for $60,000. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so if I can remember correctly, it was like a big Mac combo for everybody in the town of Pembroke. <laughs> It was, it was a, a cruise around the world for 120 days or something. I can't remember the exact number. I'm, and then it was like a, a, a eight year old Corvette or something like that. It was all those, all these weird random things, but I, you know, the point, it was all about the point, but yeah, we were having some yeah. fun with it. Right. Yeah. You can't time a market. Right. And, and we all know people, we all know people, if you've been in this business more than a few years that sold when they thought the market was going to crash to cash out and then they couldn't get back into the market. Right. And now they're either renting or they're sitting on cash and, and they've, they've missed out on that opportunity because they were trying to predict something that you can't predict. Right. It's, it's very difficult. Like, we all kind of thought COVID would impact our market very differently than it really and truly did. Um, you know, in fact, probably polar opposite to what happened and what we thought was going to happen. So it just goes to show you that, you know, the best market to buy or sell in is the market, you know, right? Uh, there you go. I, I like that line. That's a great line. And, and understanding the motivation, of course, that's kind of like, you know, not to say that's, that's, the easy way out to get to the, the, the answer that maybe that seller is looking for, but you, you know, we got to come from it and, and ask as many questions as possible. So we understand their true motivation. Is it really to sell at top dollar or is it to sell at top dollar so they can go into the retirement home or, uh, move out of the city of Toronto, for instance, where they can sell for, you know, we'll call it $2 million. They can buy in parts of Peel and, or not Peel, but up in Barrie or other places for half that. Yeah. 
So it's not really about top dollar. It's more about a lifestyle that maybe they can live mortgage free. You see what I'm getting at here? It's not about top dollar. It's about the things they can do with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, the conversation from that also has to go to what's the net number, because it's not always about maxing out in the top peak of a market because that means you're also buying in the peak of a market sometimes it's just about when is the best opportunity when the numbers make the most sense to on the gap that you're looking at if you're downsizing when can you maximize the most money and if you're upsizing when does that gap when does it make sense to try and bridge that gap that's yeah. the strategy you should be looking at right not necessarily when am i going to get top dollar for the house i own because that gap might get too big if you're trying to jump from a town to a detached, that detached gap is going to grow a lot faster than the, than the town's going to appreciate. So if you wait too long, you might actually miss the window, right? Yeah, so yeah. those are all important conversations to be having with your clients when they when they say that they want top dollar, right? Exactly. And, and the other piece of the puzzle too is, and we were just talking about this yesterday, um, I drove through the town of Uxbridge, which is kind of north north of Stovall, northeast of Stovall, for instance, and, and it's about 35, 40,000 people. So, you know, big enough, but small, very small mm -hmm. com and comparative to every, everywhere else. And um, of course, you know, everywhere I go, I just pull up the listings because I got to look, can't help myself. <laughs> and, and I think, Jen, I can't remember the exact number, but there may have been only six detached homes for sale. Yeah, I think you said six when we were talking, and which is crazy so if you're in that area um i'd be trying to get a listing up right away because yeah. the other piece is what's the competition when we talk about doing that live cma that's a big piece of the puzzle right uh understanding uh, our competition because if our competition is here and our expectation is up here uh that's a problem right yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a huge factor in what you're going to get out of the home, right? If there's three other houses the same as you on the market, either wait them out or know that your buyers have options. It's one of the two. And when buyers have options, you're going to get less money, right? Because yeah. that's just how that works. If there's nothing. So if you're in Uxbridge right now debating whether or not to list your house, I would go bang up a for sale sign so fast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> six, that's right. And people are moving to Uxbridge. It's growing, right? Um, it's becoming more and more popular. It's a beautiful area. And, you know, you get that mix of like country, but still suburb, like urban enough, which is kind of nice. And people are trending that way a little bit. Same with Sutton and areas like that. And so, yeah, I, I think that it's not always about um, when's the best time as an overall market. It's when's the best time for your property, right? Yeah. And, and I think if, if you can, if every, everybody has their own specific, um, necessities and things that they need to get out of the property and their own life and, and things like that. But I'm understanding the fact that, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter where life goes. And if I, if I'm selling, because obviously I'm moving to Ottawa because of a job, well, that's obviously a requirement to get it in the home sold. Yeah. However, if you're looking at things like maybe I want to be mortgage free or debt free, or I want, you know, I want to take on more mortgage because I, the area is going up. Those are all different factors into it, right? That, that mm -hmm. can, you know, and the more questions as realtors that we ask, uh, not, not to say we have the answers for all those questions, but that allows the answer to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And, and something sometimes from like a coaching perspective, whether it's with a client or an agent or anything like that, you want to coach them to self-discover, right? To For them to realize it. And, and sometimes our job is not to tell them what they need to do, but give them all of the information so they can make the most educated decision for themselves. Because when they make the decision themselves, they believe it more, they buy into it more versus when we say, well, you should list now because now's the best time to sell because there's no inventory. And then they go, okay. And then the home doesn't sell. They're just going to blame you be like, well, you told us now is the best time to sell. Whereas if you allow them to self-discover through education and information, then they're going to understand the market better. They're going to understand the process better, and they're going to be making educated decisions with you more in partnership. And it's a lot easier to navigate that relationship than one where you just go in and kind of say, like, just do what I tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I find salespeople have that, um, that trait. I'm going to tell yeah. you how to do this and this is what's going to happen. Yeah. The, the best sales people sit back and ask questions and we get to the conclusion together, or as you said, uh, perfectly Jen self-discover. Uh, yeah. I, I know from a, from a mentoring and a coaching standpoint, that's the best type of coaching that is out there. And then from uh, an advisory standpoint, cause as realtors, that's what we are. Uh, that mm-hmm. is the, the best way to, to help and support our clients for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Boom. There you go. The best way to get them to to make the right decision too, because they feel they they're going to listen and they're going to do what is right for them. And oftentimes that does end up being to list now on occasion. It it does end up being to list later. And you've got to be okay with that. If that's the outcome, right? That's the key to that whole conversation that you can't be attached to the outcome of it. You have to be okay with wherever they land and be and support it because you still want that business, even if it's future business, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the thunderstorm has showed up. My window's open and it's pouring out there. <laughs> it is terribly pouring out there. Uh, all good stuff. What a great show uh, today. I, I like today because um, we, we kind of talked about a lot of different stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And and hopefully the, these, you know, Jen and I put together these shows and these hours uh, to support our, our agents. And and whether you're with us or you're not with us at KW, and we're here to support you. And, and if you've got questions for us, feel free to drop us a note. Um, Jen and I are happy to answer those questions. Or if there's a topic, right, Jen, that you want us to yeah. tackle, uh, we'll give it a whirl. We'll try it. Uh, we yeah. have a lot of fun doing these shows for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe one day we'll do that too, Gary. Just have an open session where people can just ask us questions and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Back to the radio show. We'll do a call-in, live video call-in show. How's that? I know we can probably drum up a few people willing to do that. Come in, ask us this question, and mm-hmm. we'll um, we'll pretend we know the answer. <laughs> no, we'll come up with a pro- that, yeah. I think I think we can have a lot of fun with that. So um, I believe our next show is... We are doing shows throughout the summer every other week, but because Jen chose to go on vacation last week, uh, it will be for next week, and then we'll be off for a little bit. So looking forward to seeing everybody uh, next week. So for Jen Silvernagel, and yes, you can get this on your favorite uh, podcast player of choice. Uh, this will be also hosted on YouTube as well. Uh, feel free to drop uh, a name or a comment in the comments, and we will uh, circle back to them. So yeah, that's Jen Silvernagel. I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody on the next show. Bye for now. Bye, guys.